Welcome to the Behold Your God podcast. I'm Teddy James, content producer for Media Gratier. And if you're watching this podcast, then you notice that the setting is a little bit different. This week, we're not in John's office, but rather this is the Media Gratier office. Welcome to our home. Uh, we've been here for the past couple of months. Uh, we've been working on it. Um, there's some things coming in the future that we want you to see, but we're going to work on that in a future episode. Uh, but there's another reason that this episode is different. Probably sounds different too. We're not using our normal mics, just like we're not using our normal cameras. We're using a laptop. And the reason for that is because the podcast is a little distant podcast. This week we have Ryan Bush. And we're going to get Ryan's story in just a minute. But I want to explain to you why we wanted Ryan to come on. And it's this. We've just done five episodes where we discussed presenting the gospel, the doctrine of regeneration to children. And one of the best and one of the simplest tools to do that in a day-in and day-out situation of a family is a thing called family worship. And Ryan um, has been a man who has studied family worship, thought a lot about family worship. And so, Ryan, first off, uh, man, I just want to thank you for taking some time and uh, and talking with me. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. So, Ron, tell me a little bit about yourself. You're, you're with... Uh, International Church Planters, and tell me a, a little bit about who you are and, and where you come from. Well, um, I'm married 17 years. Uh, my wife and I, Amanda, we have five children and uh, live in Heber Springs, Arkansas, where I lead a, a missions organization called International Church Planters. Um, and the essence of what we do there is train pastors. So primarily we're working in Kenya, uh, we have several training air, um, uh, lo- locations going on there right now, um, but also in Ecuador and a few other places, as well as an online presence. But, uh, but what we want to do, what our goal is, is to equip pastors to faithfully shepherd their flocks so that churches would be strengthened, the Lord would be glorifi- gl- glorified, and uh, the gospel would go out across the globe. Yeah, and uh, if you want more information about International Church Planners and Ryan Bush's ministry there, make sure that you click the link in the description. We'll put that below for you. Uh, make it really easy for you to get some more information about that. It's a wonderful, wonderful organization, wonderful ministry. Uh, Ryan, the reason that we have you here is to talk about family worship. So before we get any further, I, I really would love for you to just kind of give us a, a simple working definition of what exactly is family worship. Yeah. Um, I think that's helpful because family worship for many folks, it sounds like a mystery. It did for me when I started, but uh, family worship is simply when a family under the leadership of the head of the household comes together to worship God and receive from him using the ordinary means of grace. And by that, I, I mean simply the reading and, and uh, um, proclamation of scripture, uh, prayer and singing. Yeah. Um, so how, let me ask you this, because I think this is going to be one of those things. Somebody's going to say, well, you know, obviously, Ryan, you grew up doing family worship. Um, I know that's not the case. So how was it you came about discovering family worship and, and came under the conviction of doing family worship? Yeah. Uh, and thankfully, there, there has been a, a resurgence of, uh, of this focus on spiritual care within the home by the head of the household and specifically utilizing family worship. So, um, but there are probably some folks listening, watching this right now that 
It's a totally foreign concept. It was for me. Uh, I, I really didn't come upon the, the idea of it until oh, three or four years ago. And uh, um, through a series of conversations with brothers and uh, reading some folks and also the force of the scriptures of, of the responsibility of the head of the household, um, I... I became convinced and, and, and also convicted of this need for me to, to shepherd my family well, to shepherd them faithfully. And that's a whole big um, theme, the shepherding of, a, of the family. But family worship is, is, is kind of the consistent, maybe we might even say glue that holds all of that together, um, the regular practice of gathering the family together to worship the Lord. Well, yeah, and it is. It, it is the, the literal soul care of your family because you are caring for the immortal souls of your children. Um, in fact, we just, um, I'm just remembering Tuesday of, of this week, we had a blog post go out where it was, um, we were quoting from C.S. Lewis who he said, you've never met a mortal being, a mortal human being, because there's always uh, within that person an immortal soul that will one day be transformed to glory or will be transformed to horror. And in the practice of family worship, we are caring for that eternal soul of, of those God's put under our care. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, that perspective is, is critical for beginning family worship and continuing it. If, family, if we start family worship because we feel pressured, uh, because, you know, because I watched a, a Media Gratia episode and they said, you know, we should do family worship. So I guess I better do it. If that's all we have as a foundation, then it's, it's going to it's going to fizzle out. We're going to we're going to throw up the the white flag um, because it's hard. Um, it, it's a difficult thing. But if we can remember that this short space <laughs> that we have here on Earth in comparison with eternity is really um, very small, and that in that small space we have been given these souls to care for, uh, then family worship becomes something that's, oh, well, you know, maybe, maybe not to, I don't care what it takes today, I'm gathering my family together to read the scriptures to them, to pray over them, and to sing songs of the faith with them, because this is a matter of eternity. Yeah, absolutely, and one of the things that we talk about very often in the podcast is the fact that we are needy beings. We are needy souls. And, and if it weren't for an infinite God who is all sufficient, we of all people would be most hopeless. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's when we understand not just our own neediness, but the neediness of our spouse, the neediness of our children, the neediness of our future grandchildren, mm -hmm. uh, that I think those things really can drive us to family worship. And, you know, it took me a long time to really come to grips with that. I remember my first introduction to family worship was a book by Vody Bauckham, Family Shepherds. And he just mentions it. Um, it it's almost, he doesn't really assume you know what it is, but there's not a great deal of time spent on what is family worship and how do you incorporate that? The kind of things that I really want us to get into soon. But then there was another book, and I know you've read it, um, by Donald Whitney called Family Worship. Wonderful little book that just simply explains what family worship is, how to build it into the rhythm of your family, 
all these kinds of things. Um, and so those are, you know, if, if you're interested, th- those are a couple of places to get started learning about family worship, how to incorporate it. So Ryan, at its, at its essence, in its most basic form, give us again, what are the elements of family worship? Yeah. Um, and, and actually, let me return to something you, you mentioned about um, the neediness. Uh, I think this is um, maybe a plague on, on Christian men today. Uh, we see our neediness, but that's where it stops. You know, we were taught to do quiet times and our, we need to you know, read the scriptures. We need to avail ourselves to the, the means of grace. And many of us, I was good at that, diligent, disciplined. But it's, it's for some reason, a lot of us, it, this was the case for me, don't make the leap to that, that need that is also present in our wives and if we have them in our children. And I spent many years very, very self-centered when it comes to the spiritual nourishment in my family. I was worried about myself, really. And I got my family to church, of course, but beyond that, you know, um, they can take care of themselves, which that's not what Job did. Uh, Job offered sacrifices on behalf of his kids in case they had cursed the Lord in their hearts. What an example. Joshua said, as for me and my house, me and, and my house, we will serve the Lord. David, after blessing the people, when the ark came into Jerusalem, blessing the whole nation, he went home to bless his family as well. Uh, we have to move beyond this self-centered spiritual focus of I need to be nourished to, yes, I need to be nourished so that I can nourish those under my care. And the way that we do that to get to your question is it's, it's not, it's nothing magical or mysterious. It's the simple, ordinary, regular means of grace. So um, in family worship, really the, the three simple elements are read the scriptures, pray and sing hymns. Yeah, and, and that's it. There's, um, you know, I think often when people hear a family worship, they, they, I think initially um, they want to overcomplicate it, right? Add a whole bunch of things. We're going to have this, you know, order of worship. Let me go get the bulletin at my church and copy and paste this every single day. Yeah. Um, but really, it is incredibly, incredibly simple. Um, so before we we get any further, for someone who says, okay. So you say that family worship is just praying, reading scripture, and a hymn. Practically, what does that look like if someone said, okay, I'm going to stop right now and I'm going to go do family worship with my family? Yeah. What would that look like? Uh, yeah. And if someone's thinking that, um, do it. <laughs> Hit pause. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I thank the Lord for that sign of grace in your life. Go do it right now and then come back and, and uh, you can finish up the the this video later, this podcast later. Um, but for a lot of folks, they do want a bit more instruction. They need help. I, I needed a lot of help. And I just want to reiterate what, what you said. Um, be really careful about bringing a bunch of stuff. Uh, we, we, if we feel insecure about something, um, we'll bring in extra things so that we can put the responsibility off on those. So oh, let's do this video series or let's do this. Let's go through this, this book devotional guide together or this book or whatever it might be. Stick with the simple elements, the simple um, means of grace. So here's what I would do. If I were starting family worship today 
or if someone came and asked me and they really had never done it before, I'd say, do this, get your family together around the kitchen table, couch, back porch, wherever, explain to them what family worship is, simple terms, and then say, so we're going to try it. I want to nourish your souls in this way. Let's, let's just start now and um, begin. Open with a simple prayer. You or maybe someone else in your family could do that. Um, and then read a passage that you selected. I suggest something familiar, something short, Psalm 23, Psalm 1, uh, and then sing the first stanza of a hymn. I would just sing the first verse. I wouldn't even try to get through the whole thing. A verse that your family knows really well, um, a hymn that they know well, maybe Holy, 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 um, Amazing Grace, um, Come Thou Fount, something that's very familiar to them. Sing that out loud together, a cappella, and then close with a prayer. That might take five, six, seven minutes, uh, but that's okay. That's, a, that's an excellent way to start, get going on this, this path to family worship. Yeah, absolutely. And now, so, and I do pray that there's someone out there who is just, you know, maybe they're they're listening to this and, um, you know, maybe it's while they're cooking dinner or cleaning up after dinner and, and they are just saying, okay, we're going to, I'm going to stop and we're going to go do this. And I want to come back and listen to some of the finer details, but there's also going to be those who say, you know, guys, this is a great idea, but you're talking as though there's a command to do this. And, and I've read through the scriptures and I don't see that command. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it's not there. So, um, it, uh, the responsibility to care for our family spiritually, um, you're not going to find it at the end of the 10 commandments. It's not in, it's not, there's not a direct positive command in the old or new Testament. Um, however, uh, we see throughout scripture that the, the principle of, of caring for one's family, their spiritual, uh, well-being is, a, really a part of the fabric of the scripture itself, of the lives of, of our spiritual ancestors, all the way from Adam teaching um, um, Cain and Abel to come before the Lord and worship him, uh, to Noah on the ark, leading his family in, in times of worship, to Abraham uh, leading Isaac up the mountain to uh, to worship the Lord. And Isaac, you know, how did he know that there, the sacrifice was missing? He did, he'd done it many times before. Um, I mentioned Job, I mentioned Joshua. We see this throughout Old Testament. We see these principles in the New Testament of, of Paul telling um, the Ephesians to uh, their, the husbands to love, love their wives as Christ loved the church, to raise their children in fear and admonition of the Lord. Um, Paul telling Timothy that those who don't care for their families, spiritual, uh, physical well-being weren't, could we even call them Christians? How much more would he would he emphasize the care of their spiritual well-being? All of these things combined uh, uh, create this sort of avalanche of evidence for the importance and responsibility of of heads of households to care for the spiritual well-being of their of their families. In fact, um, it, it would be hard to find a more implicit command um, than this one to care for the spiritual well-being of the of the household by the by the head of the household. Um, Charles Spurgeon said that he's talking about prayer specifically. He said, who, who among us could say that, that it isn't right and good for a head of a household to lead his family in prayer? He said, if someone confesses Christ, but doesn't do that at best, we could say it's a very strange inconsistency. So throughout the scriptures and then throughout church history as well, it's, it's been a, it's been a part of, of what, 
those who followed Christ did. And in fact, in, in 17th century Scotland, um, there were formal measures of accountability for family worship and even um, formal measures of discipline. There were, there were families who were excluded, heads of households who were excluded from the Lord's Supper uh, as discipline because they did not lead their families in regular family worship. So, um, yeah, it's there. Did, I don't know if I made a strong enough case. For, do I have you convinced? <laughs> no, I, I think we're going to need some more proof there, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I can bring some more. We'll do that next episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, here's the thing, though. I promise you, and I know this was our, my case, and I know it was your case just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So many people have just simply never heard of it. Um, and so... Part of me, so there's a there's a big part of me that loves history and asking the question: How did we get from this place where there was formal church discipline if you did not practice it to today, where there are people who are raised in a church and have never heard the term family worship? And maybe that's maybe that's an episode for another time. Yeah. But now, like you said earlier, there's a resurgence uh, in interest in family worship and awareness of the reality of family worship. So what would you say to a dad who says, um, okay, you, you made a really good case. I see I need to do family worship, and it sounds like it's really easy. But look, you know, Ryan, you, you're the head of a missions organization, and, and TJ, you're the, you know, you're in Mediagates. You've got all this exposure, and you've read Puritans and whatever else you want to say. You guys are equipped to do this, and it's easy for you to do it, but you don't know me. I, there's no way I can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's common. Uh, it, it feels overwhelming. It really does. And so the first thing I, that I would say to that person is that you're in good company. I felt that way. TJ's felt that way. Uh, any head of household who has started to do this a little bit later in life after their family started has felt overwhelmed maybe confused, unclear about how to do it, and uh, insecure about their ability. So um, what you're feeling is normal. If you don't feel equipped, that is completely normal. What I want to say to you is that leading, first of all, you can lead family worship. Second of all, that you should lead family worship. The Lord desires that your family be cared for by you as as the shepherd of that little flock. And the last thing I would say is, you, you probably do need some instruction. I needed that, uh, but it, it doesn't take a seminary degree. It doesn't take uh, hours and hours of study. You don't have to go and uh, go to a, a week-long conference to get this worked out. Um, really, one of the most beneficial things you can do is watch somebody do it, but also there's a lot of good little books and um, a study that that we're putting out with Media Gratte that will help you with that. Um, but I'll say this. If you have done a personal devotion, um, and by that, I mean, if you've spent time with the Lord, read the scriptures and prayed and maybe even sang a song. I don't know if you sing in your personal devotions. I do. <laughs> it doesn't sound great, but I sing. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you've done that, you can lead family worship because really one way to look at family worship is just letting your family in on your personal time with the Lord. Just do it in a way in which they're included. Allow them to read some, allow them to be a part of that. Um, but it's not... It's not something that it requires a seminary degree. It's not rocket science. It's not something that you can't start very, very soon. Yeah. And also, I think it goes back to even what we were talking about at the very beginning. When, when the drive for this, when the desire to do family worship is the sole care 
of your family. Um, and, and look, I'll, I'll be completely honest. There have been so many times where we've sat down to do family worship, and and I've just felt like, can I really, uh, particularly, can I teach my wife? She knows so much more than I do. She's so much further along in her spiritual walk than I am. And in, in the beginning, it, it frankly was intimidating. Um, but she was encouraging and understood the, the role that I have to shepherd the flock, that that is my role. And so if that's you, if, if your wife's maybe been a believer longer than you, um, don't let intimidation stop you. Don't let awkwardness stop you because it can feel that. Um, but Ryan, you know, we're, we are looking primarily at fathers and at dads. What about the mom who says, okay, well, I'm a single mom or my husband's not a believer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even, even moms who are in a, in a family who the husband is a believer and maybe the husband is, uh, is going to start leading family worship. Maybe there's a husband and wife watching this together. And we do tend to emphasize uh, on the, put emphasis on the husband because he, he really does have to take the lead. But uh, the role of the wife the, of the help meet is incredibly important um, in terms of being supportive in that and being a, um, a stalwart of joy and optimism when the kids don't want to, when, when the mom is excited about it and smiling and talking about family worship as, as, a, as a pleasure and a joy that spreads and that's extremely helpful. Plus, obviously, all of the nurturing and caring for souls that moms do outside of formal times of family worship are critical. If you are a single mom, you can step into this role. In fact, I encourage you to. You should. And I know that probably your heart's desire is to, is to be led and not to be in this role. But for, for this time right now, if you are the head of the household, um, you can step into it. And I, I, I take heart. Um, the Lord will help you um, if you feel overwhelmed and even discouraged about, about that. Um, take steps in that direction and, and the Lord will encourage you. He'll help you through his word, through his spirit, and you can do it. I'd, I'd also encourage you possibly to, to look for a family that is practicing it and ask maybe if you can join their family from time to time so that you can be nourished by it. And also you can kind of see how, how it works. Now, if your husband if you're a, a, a wife watching this, your husband's not a believer. Um, that's a trickier situation, and, and that would depend on what exactly the, the dynamic is there. But but here's what I would say to you. Do all that you can to, to care for the souls of your children and also to share the gospel with your husband without leaving his authority, without going against... Um, without subverting his, his authority and his place and his role as the head of the household, as, the, as your husband. You have to be very careful about that. Um, but at the same time, do all that you can through prayer, through informal teaching, through singing with your children, through music that, that's played in the house, um, and also through sharing with your husband in different ways. Um, it might be possible, and your husband might even support you leading family worship without him, or he might even join. Um, again, every situation is different, but prayer, wisdom, seeking the Lord in that situation, seeking the the counsel of your pastor would be critical as well in that. Yeah, completely agree. And um, so before we end, because we only have just a, a very few short moments left, um, we mentioned a few resources earlier, um, Vody Bauckham's Family Shepherds, Don Whitney's Family Worship. There's one other 
that I want to mention, and this is written, well, compiled um, by you, Ryan. Um, Mediagarte put this out just a few months ago, but it, it's called The Guide to Family Worship. What this is, uh, it takes those simple elements that we mentioned. Now, there's a few more, and we don't have time to get into all of the elements in this episode. So, Ryan, we're going to ask you to come back next week and, uh, and, and do this again. We'll talk about some particulars about the family, the guide to family worship. Uh, we will talk, you and I both have young kids, so we'll talk about some practical applications of family worship when it comes to how to deal with young ones and um, some different things like that. But the reason that I bring this up, you can go to mediagrate.org and, and get a copy of this. You can also get a digital copy if you want some help um, starting in the practice of family worship. I have found it incredibly beneficial. My family, each member of my family has a copy. They found it so helpful. Ryan, very quickly, can you tell us the elements that you mentioned that, that we have in this work? Yeah. Yeah. And, and also let me mention that, that it differs. And it's the reason I put it together. It differs from other family worship books because it's not, it's not really a how-to guide. It's a, it's a, um, it's, it's basically orders of service. It helps you work your way through a time of family worship step by step. And um, it's, it's filled with solid content that will, will help with that. And the content is, consists of this. First, it's a, a, a scripture reading. Um, and then it is a memory verse. Then we go to catechism questions. Um, after the catechism questions, there's a short, a short section from the 1689 uh, London Baptist Confession. After that, a, a pre-written prayer that we that uh, we pulled and reworked from a Puritan author. And then uh, we close with, with a hymn. Yeah. And um, yeah, very, very simple. And um, we really want you to have every tool, every resource at your fingertips and available to you for this incredibly important practice. Again, this is for the sole care of your wife, of your, maybe of your husband, um, and certainly of your children. Who were the Puritans? Is the reputation deserved? And is there anything they had that you and I might need? Are you interested in knowing the Bible? Are you interested in knowing Christ? Do you want someone to attend to the care of your soul? Then you're going to want to get to know the Puritans. To learn more about Puritan All of Life to the Glory of God, visit mediagratiae.org or click the link in the description below. So as we do with every episode, we we want to end it with a prayer. Now, one thing that we've not made a big deal about in the podcast um, when we're in John's office is that every prayer that we've done has been from this guide to family worship. We've chosen, we've tried to find one that's a particular fit for the content of that, you know, particular podcast. But, uh, but each one has come from this. The way that that started was I had gotten a copy of this, was editing it for work, and I was so blessed by it. And then started using this in family worship. And my wife was so blessed by it, uh, particularly by the prayers that, um, in speaking with John, we came to the, the conclusion that really we wanted to bless you, our listeners and our viewers, by reading these prayers to you. And so that that family worship 
um, is the reason that we end our podcast every week with a prayer. And uh, and this has been an incredible resource for that. So Ryan, uh, before we really close today, I do want to thank you for, for putting this together. And next week, I want to hear the story because I know there's a wonderful story behind how it kind of came to be made. So this week's is from Charles Spurgeon. Come near our Father. Come very near to your children. Some of us are very weak in body and faint in heart. Soon, O God, lay your right hand upon us and say, Fear not. Come near to kill the influence of the world with your superior power. Our Father, come and rest your children now. Take the helmet from our brow. Remove from us the weight of our heavy armor for a while. And may we just have peace, perfect peace, and be at rest. Amen.